following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, April 27th, 2022, season 18, episode number six. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick, Dave, and Amber with me today. We're going to get you guys ready for the draft. It starts tomorrow. Full three days of draft coverage that we'll have on all of our platforms, DallasCowboys.com, Cowboys Mobile. This is a great opportunity if you've never checked out our connected TV device, uh, which is on Apple TV and Roku and Amazon Fire. You should download it because this will be a great way to watch Dave's mug for three days straight, right from your couch. Sorry about that. <laughs> right from I your couch. I don't know how you guys do that. Uh, and listen to all the great insight they'll have about the draft as it goes on. There is no better, absolutely no better draft coverage uh, than what those guys put together. And then obviously all the other content that we create uh, for all of our other channels. So make sure you follow us this week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll give you guys all the latest and greatest. How's everybody doing today? I'm wonderful, Derek. Good. It's- Football, Christmas, best three days of the year. Yeah. No, like I, I mean, I'm speaking only for myself. Okay, good, like yeah. people, I was say, I debatable. Yeah, you know, yeah, for him, for him, not, but for us. People yeah. are always like, they're like, really? Like, I, I enjoy the draft more than like any game, more than training really, than games. The games. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Games are stressful. Draft is fun. You just yeah. Yeah, yeah studying <laughs> all hundreds of I guys. I like that look on Nick's face. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see that, but, no. but just because the game, like. What does it mean? It means you lost, or it means you won. Yeah. Drafting Leighton Vanderush in the first round doesn't mean anything for the next two or three years. Yeah. So it's hard to. It's fun to to say all right, all this work, and to say like I got it, but like still don't know what it means. And I just I think it's funny how people are going to be like pissed off. Like I can't, I hate this draft. Like you don't know anything what's happened yet. Yeah. But that's what I just think it's it's incomplete. But but see, I think that's probably why I think it's so much fun. Is it's just it's just a big information gathering session, yeah. and that's the most rewarding part about it for me. Really, I mean, it's fun talking about what the Cowboys are going to do, and and we have an idea of who they're going to pick, and we get to see how it works out. But like, if you do this for enough time, you just know the league. Yeah. Like you're just like I, I got a baseline of information about damn near every football player in the NFL because I studied them during the draft, and it's a ton of fun to just be like. That's that guy. That's the dude that I loved in the third round that the Bengals snatched. Good for them. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. It's just fun. I That's actually it. one of the reasons I wish I had more time to really devote to learning the draft. Because you're right, you, you get a you get an understanding of the entire league. Every player in the entire league, even the random guy that's playing guard in Jacksonville, you kind of got an idea about him because you you watched him during the draft. We always joke about how, like, you know, to people just blow Nick up every time there's a flea flicker. Like, every time – like w- – the good and the bad. Like every time Debo Samuel does something, people are like, "You, you were right about him. You loved him so much. You yeah. loved Debo. You would have drafted him in the first round." And then to this day, every time Laquan Treadwell does anything, <laughs> which is not often, they're like, "You wanted to draft him in the top five, you big dumb idiot." And I'm like, "I sure did." And both can be true. Right? Oh yeah, uh-huh. both That's, can be true. You're gonna be right. You're gonna be wrong. It's <laughs> it's fun. I love it. Uh, All right, let's talk about the pre-draft presser that happened yesterday. Yeah, Jerry and Steven and, uh, and and Coach McCarthy up there, and they were answering lots of questions, um, and we covered it. Um, but but there were some different things that came out of it I wanted to talk about. Let's start first with a quote that Steven made. Uh, he was talking about the, uh, about the drafts particularly, and he said that the draft this year, the depth is really found in, the thir- in rounds three through five. Uh, he says, he went on to say that uh, he expects that they'll have roughly 14 to 16 First round grades, which again, just for those that don't know, um, typically teams don't have a full 32 players who are first round, who have first round grades on them. Just because it's they're drafting the first round doesn't mean they have a first round grade. But he did say 14 to 16 is a little less than what they would typically have. That being said, Dave, Nick, Amber, from what you guys have seen of draft prospects, do you agree with that assessment that really the the depth of this thing is really in those middle rounds? That's a nice way to say it's an average draft. I mean, you know, it's just there's not a lot of great players, but there's some good players, mm-hmm. and that's where you're going to take these guys. 
It also is a good way to say that there's they're probably all over the board. I bet you there's a team that has 25 first-round grades. I mean, it's just different. It's just the way they evaluate them differently. Yeah, well, my number one reaction is, like, they're always going to frame it in a way that sounds good for them. Because mm. I immediately thought he's like, yeah, rounds three to five. And I'm like, oh, you mean the rounds four. where you have six picks in those rounds? <laughs> right. Cool. So, of course, you you think it stacks up well for you because that's where what you have to work with. Yeah. But the consensus on this draft is, yes, it is lacking in sexy star power in the first 20 picks. Like, you know, you think about recent drafts, uh, t- 2016, obviously, um, even 2017, where there's just all, like, you go down the top 20 and you're like, oh, my God, like, he's an all-pro. He's an all-pro. I think the consensus is, like, it's short on that. But then really starting around where the Cowboys pick, like, I don't think there's a huge difference between pick 20 and pick 60. Even. Wow. No, that's what I'm like. Yeah. I, I, and Steven said that, too, which I thought was interesting, is uh, they have more good second-round grades than ever before. Like, or, or more than usual, we'll put it that way. Um, so they might have as many as like two dozen guys where it's like, eh, not quite a first rounder, but we feel good about him in the second round, which is exciting when you think about the third round and even the fourth round. Like some of those guys tend to hang around. So I do think that's right, but it's also convenient for them that they feel that way. Yeah. I, I'll, I was, was going to say, I was. <laughs> I didn't necessarily like hearing that comment, which if he's being honest about, you know, okay, these are 15 first round grades that we have in our list right now. But then when you hear comments out like, okay, we don't have any musts, we don't, our hands are not tied to picking a specific position in this draft. So then I'm, I'm, we'll get to that. And yeah, I'm sure (laughs) we will, but, but just kind of looking into all that and putting it all together, I'm like, okay, first of all, I do think you kind of, do based on your necessities but then hearing that you have around 15 guys i'm thinking okay that limits you even more you know you you already have a certain limitation based on your needs now you're talking about there's only a certain group of 15 guys yes you can possibly trade up and all that and we'll see what actually happens tomorrow but it's just like another aspect that wasn't like oh that's great to hear i would like to hear you know maybe a bigger quantity of guys which doesn't usually happen anyways but it's the quarterbacks there's no quarterbacks that that are that are anybody really want to go get and you know i mean there might be some in the first round but i bet you not a team in the league has a first round grade on a quarterback well then that, that's yeah. not to say they won't get drafted in the first right, round right. but i bet you nobody has a first round and grade. that's that's pushing people down you know i, I don't mean, know if i've ever seen that in the nfl draft you it's guys rare. remember that like a, a no. year where there were no well, quarterbacks not even one the year i got here 2013 is famous for how bad the quarterback class was i think ej Manuel was the first one taken yeah. and he all the way down at like 16 yeah um here i'll pull it up yeah and, and, and then yeah, it, it happens be, every now and it's then it's a bad year to be 24 when you, you you hope that there's four or five quarterbacks and you hope that there's teams that want to trade up to get that yeah. quarterback when you don't need a quarterback you don't like, need that's one. perfect yeah which that's we do this all every year we're like you need those quarterbacks to go cuz that's going to push players down to you and you never know what might happen cuz teams do stupid stuff with quarterbacks all the time but like I think you can't count on more than one quarterback getting drafted before the Cowboys pick. Yeah. It might happen, but I don't think you can count on it. Yikes. You know, one of the things that that when he said that that jumped out to me, and Nick, you and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday, uh, and I think you have a little different spin on it, but it made me wonder, uh, because there are only 14 to 16 first-round grades uh, for them, um, and because the real meat of this draft, as he was saying, really kind of happens three, uh, in, in, in rounds three to five, it makes me wonder if they would consider packaging those first and second round picks to move up in the first round to get a better player, one of those players that they think really is, has a first round grade, and forego maybe one of those second round guys because, again, as you said, Dave, some of those second round guys that they have second round grades on will likely drop to the third, maybe they're in the fourth. You might still be able to get them later, uh, but you can get a better top player. What do you guys think? Did you take anything from what he said about maybe what their strategy could be? Well, can we have the conversation about him saying that there are no musts? Yeah, we. I we're think that ties. You want to go to that? No, I think that ties yeah, into go, it because I think that's one of the most blatant lies I've ever heard at an at a pre-draft press conference. Yeah. Like I was joking with Nick after it was over. If I walked into the war room and was like, "Okay, y'all don't have any musts, so we're just not going to pick this year," like you're like they would freak out and be like, "Absolutely not!" Like we 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 need players. We got stuff we got to do, and so my the reason I say that is, 
how can you afford to package good picks? Again, in a draft where you think there's going to be quality in rounds two and three, how can you afford to package that to address one position when there's probably four that you got to do something about in this draft? I well, can't lose my second round pick. Well, okay. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I think I lost one last year. I mean, that's what I think right now. I think I've lost my second round pick I, last You year. at least have to yeah. – you can't I – mean, you have to assume that that's a possibility. Right. Yeah. So I can't I can't waste another pick. And I, and I get it that, you know, but but to move up for number like 16, 17, I mean, that's still kind of a crapshoot as well. Like, I can't do that. But let me say this about the must. Are we 100% sure that he wasn't referring to – First round must. I mean, they've got to get a guard. They've got to get a receiver at some point. Was he saying that there's no must for us, like right? That here? would make a lot more sense to me. Like that he would be more. That. He, he didn't did say, that, say that. But that would be to me. That would be like, oh, okay, I get that. But but yeah, no. I, I think I mean, there are positions that they still have exposed. That's why it all seemed a little weird to I'm me. I'm reading the transcript. He said this is verbatim. I wouldn't say we have any musts left in terms of having to take a particular position at some point. And the phrase "at some point" yeah, implies anywhere yeah. in the draft. Anywhere, yeah. You just I, can't not have an offensive. You, you have to draft two offensive linemen. Well, in this draft. if the you had told Stephen Wright now, you're like, "Hey, I've been to the future. The draft's over, and you didn't get an offensive lineman." His face would turn white. Yeah. He'd be like, "Are you serious?" Like, yeah. unless, unless there are free, and we talked about this last week on our show. Unless there are free agents that are still out there that they're like, "We could go sign that guy tomorrow if we choose to," and he can he can play the role that we need him to play for this they year. They made it clear, free agency is not over. Exactly. So so if that's <laughs> so. the way they're looking at it, and they're saying, "Hey, we think we got some vets out there that we can go get tomorrow if we need to." That may be the what reason why he says that. Wonderful vote of confidence that you've left them sitting out there unsigned <laughs> for six weeks well, while the off-season program has started, and the rest and, of yeah. the league, has and the rest to. of the league is also <laughs> yeah. right. And now, what again, a wonderful vote! I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's actually what it is. What I'm saying is that would be the only way that 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 statement makes a lot of okay, sense to me is if they already know we got a backup plan. And this goes know? back to what I've said for years, and I absolutely hate this press conference because we're over here talking about it. And in reality, is if Stephen would have said. Yeah, we have some musts. I think you guys know what they are. There's a couple positions that we have to take, probably in the first round. <laughs> yeah, he'd never say that. So but, then when Kenyon yeah. Green and Zion Johnson sitting there at 22 and 23 and some team in the back is like, if we want this guard, I mean, the Cowboys, we know they're going to take a guard. Yeah. We better jump them. So that's why this whole, I mean. Yeah, which I get it. Like I'm not lied five times. I'm not, I'm not offended. Think? I'm not offended at being lied to, but I've still got to I mean, call it like I see it. You don't have to get into all those specifics. You can just say, yeah, we have some must. Like every other team, every year, yeah, there are positions you God can bless. address. God bless. Yeah, you have to have seen the YouTube video of Brian, right? Brian brought Yeah. When Brian ran the Eagles draft, like he did one of those pressers. Yeah. And like they cut, they they asked him that type of question. He was like, "You guys know what we need. The fans know what we need too. Like it's not a secret." <laughs> Which is in that that's so Brian. It's quintessential it's so Brian, Brian brought us. Yeah, yeah. So Brian. Yeah, you, <laughs> he would always do that on the show too. You watch that. You you see. You, you know. know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So let me ask you this question. And, I, and I'm not saying this is what it is, but I do have to ask the question. Do you think that maybe in their minds they are looking at McGovern? Maybe Farniak. I don't know. Are they looking at guys that are currently on their roster and giving them more credit than we give them because they've seen them last year? They have a different opinion maybe than we do of them. Of course, yeah, of course they are. I mean, they do. I mean, especially at center, you know, like they have a different opinion of Biotis yeah. than I do. They have a different opinion opinion of. Um, I mean, I think they have a different opinion of what that position is because, like they we had s- it with Terrence Steele. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had a they had a much better thought. I mean, you got Ball sitting out there. We don't know what he is. I have no idea what he is. They may look at him and say he's our swing tackle. We think he mm-hmm. can be our swing tackle. Who knows? I'm just saying that has to be factored in here as far as how they look at it because they're ultimately the ones that are answering those questions. Yeah, and they may have a different opinion of those guys. Yeah, or which maybe or also behind closed doors, they're like <laughs> somewhere between pick 24 and 129. Yeah. We're going to get somebody to come in here and compete for this. Yeah. And they're not going to say that to us, right. which is fine. Right. Do you think that maybe they're looking at the – and again, they're not dumb. They, they've been in this business for years and years, and they've gotten the success that they've gotten in the past and all that. So they have the experience and the knowledge. But do you think that maybe they're looking at the O-line differently than how we are looking at them based on the sole – reason that last year 
their offense was still able to perform at a certain level with the guys that they had at the time. I mean, right now they lost. Uh, yeah, they, they don't have. Connor. Oh, my God. Aside from Connor Williams, mm-hmm. uh, Lyle Collins mm-hmm. either. But I don't know. I don't know how I'm trying to phrase this question, but do they see it just differently given the fact that they produced so much last year versus how we see them that it's like, okay, your passing game obviously needs it. Your running game obviously needs it. And we see it at a much higher level of priority at this time. There's well, Sorry, go ahead. There's, there's just no way that they could think that unless they're delusional. Because A, like the reason the second half of the season was nowhere near as good as the first is because their running game completely fell off a cliff because they couldn't block anybody. And then... And because Zeke was hurt, but whatever. And then the last impression we have of this team is a better offensive line that had Lyle and Connor Williams, who you can't tell me McGovern's better than because they tried to bench him and put him back. So stop. Better offensive line with two better players. Our last impression is of them getting mauled by the type of team you have to beat in the playoffs. Like, absolutely destroyed. Dak was sacked five times. They couldn't run the ball. What else do you need to say? Like, if that's how they feel, they are in some serious denial. I'm just trying to, you know, make find sense of it. No, yeah, I know, I get it. Yeah, and, and that's the part that that you're trying to figure out is: are they just lying just because? Or is it a lie, and they know it's a lie because they have to do that before the draft? <laughs> Slim Charles, or right, <laughs> or or is it a situation where they really believe that? And and then you're trying to figure out why would they believe that, and that's where you're kind of left pulling straws. Like, what what do you think could possibly no, be here? No, I, I, I've I've referenced this ten times in the last few days. I'll do it again. I mean, they told us that running backs is not not valued very high in 2016. You can't take running backs this high, and then they drafted <laughs> the Zeke draft the like Zeke, three yeah. days later. So yeah. this. That's you a can, strategy. <laughs> you, I mean, I mean, coy kind of is like you. a nice way to say it, but yeah, they they lie. They lie three or four times in that. Jerry has said that in the past. Yeah, I, I'm pretty to. sure I remember him it's, saying to the media, like, if my mouth is moving around draft time, I might be lying. It's part of the game. It's part of the game. Jerry actually, yeah. he did. There was an element of truth in some of the stuff he said where he was like, we chum the water at this time of year. Yeah. That's what we do. We're stirring sh- – I almost said a bad word. We're stirring <laughs> stuff up. So I mean, it's part of it. Watch your mouth. Yeah. Every every team in the league is doing And that's yeah. – these last – like this last week is really it, – it's frustrating as somebody who starts talking draft in like December – this week is frustrating because this is when everybody's doing that. Like everybody's chumming the water, everybody's trying to accomplish this, that, and the other, and and there's more media attention than ever. So you almost just need to tune this week out and yeah. be like, all right, let's just get to Thursday and, see yeah, and just see what actually happens. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right, we're gonna take our first break. When we come back, we got some status updates. They did talk about Michael Gallup. They also talked about Kelvin Joseph. We want to hear what what's going on with them and what their thoughts are on where they are. As far as uh, coming back and uh, Kelvin Joseph and his situation that's going on with the police, we'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. 
Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Book an appointment now for your Essler lenses. They got Essler experts and more. You can find the perfect Essler lenses for you. See more, do more, Essler. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the Break Live in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I don't know if you're going to use this read in the second break, Nick, but I do want to mention that tomorrow, if you uh, if you're having an opportunity, you're going to do that. I'll, yeah. I'll hold it. I'll hold. It. We'll talk. Well, about you it. can do it twice. I mean, this it, I mean, this read will take an hour. So go ahead. Talk about the Star. Well, he lo- yeah, he loves just nice little rib shot to somebody. Whoever wrote that. No, um, there's a lot going on. That's why it's long read. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you all that's on. going on. I'm just going to say if you're going to be in the area, go check out the uh, the the draft party it's going to be happening out here at the star tomorrow it's going to be a really cool event should be a lot of fun you might even see some some local celebrities i mean just like you know people that work on our staff there's call 20, those there's about 20 players too that are supposed yeah to go out they're going to sign, sign some autographs. autographs so uh and after covid like it's first time you're going to have that kind of real opportunity and get yeah. up and close and personal with with players so get a chance go check it out the weather should be good it's gonna be out should on the plaza nice. should yeah. be fun should be nice. All right, uh, let's get back to it. Uh, let's get some status updates. They talked about about both Michael Gallup and Kelvin Joseph. Let's start with uh, with Michael. Where, where's Michael right now in his rehab? Still rehabbing. Like, I mean, he's not ready to play football, and he's not supposed to be. Yeah. Um, there, Mike Mike McCarthy's specific words were like, "When we get to training camp, we'll have a clearer idea." I mean, he's not going to. Uh, this is conjecture for me, but just reading context clues. And I walked past Michael in the training table the other day. I was like, you're not going to be like part of OTAs or anything. That's not going to happen. Um, but I mean, like the rehab's going well, and they've been saying this whole time. Like Maybe he'll be ready at some point in training camp. Maybe it'll extend into the season. I don't, I don't know if they actually know right now. Yeah. So I don't think they're expecting him. No. It doesn't sound like but they're expecting for the beginning of the season. He's, he's, he's on pace with what they projected for him. For the time being. Yep. yep. I, I would imagine. I, I still don't think he'll be ready for the start of the season. And I, I think he'll end up on PUP, actually, which is he'll be out. I six mean, weeks? He could be out six weeks. I Oof. mean, that's what I think. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and so, but, you know, I think we'll get a better idea, too, of, of what that situation looks like based off of the draft. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You guys might disagree. I mean, just – just taking a receiver in the first round doesn't necessarily mean that they don't feel comfortable with with, with where Gallup's rehab is because I mean this is a five year commitment. Yeah. Oh no, I don't think that has anything to do with it. They they need a receiver because they need look like look at look <laughs> right. at the makeup of their core like in the short and long term. Like yeah. yes, Michael might miss some games, but also Noah Brown's on a one year deal. James Washington's on a one year deal. Mm-hmm. Somehow, CD is already inching into the back half of his deal. So, they just you just got to keep replenishing that thing. Yeah, and I and I think that you know I think a second and third round receiver could still come in and, and help this team. It, it better because you're asking right now you're asking Noah Brown, Semi Fajoko, and James Washington to help this team. So a second or third round receiver should help, and I think that they can. I don't know if a second or third round guard immediately comes in is better. Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah, sure. I mean, you look at it. This league is littered with second and third round wide receivers who are extremely productive. So fast. Yeah, I, yeah, there are opportunities. Fast. You can find guys. You can find guys at wide receiver in the second and third rounds that can contribute to your team. I like. I think about 2018 was so perfect for them. Like they found Mike at 81. I'm dubious that a. I'm dubious that a receiver as good as Michael Gallup was. I'm not talking about who he is now, but even what he was. Like, Michael was – they didn't have a lot of receivers in 2018 either, but he was a rookie starter as a third-round pick, which even when they're even when it's a thin receiver core, that's still pretty impressive. Uh, I don't know if there's a guy – I don't know if there's a guy that good at 88 this year. Like, But you think they, they – because you gotta, you got to also factor in the situation they're coming into – they're not being asked to be the top guy. Yeah, they're asking to to be a complimentary guy. That's right? a good point. I I mean, if if you don't if you don't need him to be the dude from the get, and you yeah. do have CD, and you'll have Michael at a certain point, but this, I don't know. I I I start to get nervous about the depth of the receiver class after the second round. Can I make but a me personally? Here's a, here's my prediction uh, on Friday night. 
I don't think they take a receiver in the first round. I think they take a receiver in the second or third round, and I think he is a slot guy and definitely a punt returner. And I, my prediction is Stephen Jones is going to tell us, or Will McClay, who's up, up there, we feel like this guy can come right in and return punts, which is something CD won't do, I would imagine, which Cedric Wilson's He's your guy. No you probably don't, you don't have him. a punt yeah. returner really on the roster. So I think that the, the sell is what can they do. We think he can come right in, be a slot guy for us, helping our punt return. We're just so excited to have him. That's my prediction. They're going to get that receiver in the second or third round Friday night. Mm. Don't know his name. Wandell Robinson, Kentucky. Wandell Robinson, Kentucky. Um, Some somebody like that. A five, a five nine, five eight. The names I have in my brain are later. But yeah, no, I mean, I think you're absolutely right about that. Just in terms of like the type of role. Can they can they really afford to get a guy that's more just kind of a slot guy? Because they may need more of him. If if let's say for example, yeah, you know, Gallup's out for that six weeks. Let's let's assume that that happens. Like they're going to need more from that guy than just I can play the slot, right? Well, I do. Yeah, go ahead. I, I mean, sure. I mean, you're going to need more than that. But I'm just saying, the quick twitch guy like that, I could see them getting. And I would imagine at some point on the scouting report, someone said Tyreek Hill's a slot guy, <laughs> you know, because he's shorter. And, and we he, found out he's much more right. Than so that, right. if you can run like the win, I mean, I think yeah. that they'll they'll have you in there. But I, that's the type of guy I can um, I can see them getting in the second or third round. Jahan Dotson is he? He's a, he's a first round. He's guy, right? fringe. fringe. That's the, I mean, that's the fun thing about this is like. There's about 12 names that I'm positive will go in the first round, and then everything after that, you're like, oh, maybe. That is amazing. Maybe. It depends so on how much gonna we like them. It's going to be a crazy draft. Yeah. I will say, draft. I'll just say this, and Nick hasn't told me anything. It's funny because like, we cover the draft all year, but Nick knows just who to ask, and like Nick will pop up like a week before the draft and be like, mm, you know, I don't, maybe they'll do this. And I've I'm like, who heard, told you that? I haven't who heard Wondell Robinson's name at all. Yeah. Okay. I just know. Okay. It, you know why I know Wondell Robinson's name is I'm really good friends with a former Cowboy named James Whalen, who played wow. at Kentucky. And James had his record of most catches at Kentucky broken by Wondell Robinson, yeah. who, and I, you know, I've seen him in the SEC. He catches everything. Yeah. Um, I just played like, one of those eight year seniors, you know. So. When, when Nick, because thro- Nick, like, Nick is preoccupied and not really focusing on the draft most of the year so like when nick drops drops a draft tidbit i'm like okay i'm listening because uh-huh. you didn't pull this out of thin air well no. you know we could probably say it now there was a long time at a, a scout in our scouting oh, department man. used to give you an envelope right it happened a couple times it's one i mean if we if, if you have time for the story i'll sure, tell it. Got, I, mean, yeah. I, I think this is one this is a crazy story because of all the things that happened but but yeah a guy came up he's he's Head of scouting, yeah. or one of the top, you know, guys no longer scouting. Yeah. He came up and gave me an envelope. I mean, this thing was sealed, taped up, and it was just like, don't open this until the day of the draft. And he came up three or, f- three or four times in that two weeks to make sure I hadn't opened it, and I kind of forgot about it. So it's 2004. We had the 23rd pick, 22nd pick, something like that. And then they trade. So we're getting there. We're ready to pick. 2004, we're going to get a running back. Going to get Steven Jackson, going to get... Kevin Jones gonna get one of these backs. They trade out of it, and I mean that just sucks when you're like you don't pick today because yeah. they traded for next year's one. Mm-hmm. So now we don't have a pick. I I didn't even I forgot all about the envelope. The next day, this is a Parcells draft. They they're sitting there with like the forty third pick, and they're about to take some of these other guys. Tatum Bell said that the Cowboys said they would draft Tatum Bell. They told him that Parcells says we're taking. He ends you up in Denver. There. Right? Yeah. They don't take him. They take Julius Jones instead. They take Julius Jones. Oh, cool. Later that night, I opened it up and see that little piece of paper that said Julius Jones that was written two weeks before. And Julius was, <laughs> They know what they're doing. Oh. Like, what, they, what they're playing But Julius is, was yeah. never going to be a first-round yeah, pick. Yeah. They were going to take Steven Jackson. They were afraid of his knee, which is, you know... But that tells like you whether they really were planning on Steven Jackson or not. Yeah, it, it, was, it was the most amazing thing yeah. because there were so many things... That had to fall just right, and it did. I mean, it might have been lucky. He did it again, too. Same guy picked him a third-round tackle, James Martin, which was one of the biggest busts in the history of the Cowboys. So, <laughs> so not too proud of that one. But no, you know. but, but they also but they pegged it. They yeah, had it. Yeah. I think the, the craziest thing about the draft process, and I, I remember being a draft fan as a young kid, and, like, and you get worked up about the guy. I wanted uh, the year the Saints drafted Reggie Bush, I wanted A.J. Hawk. Like, I was obsessed with A.J. Hawk. Mm-hmm. And – 
but as a fan, you have this list of like nine thousand names. The team's got, you know, if if there's if there's six hundred draft eligible players, they've got a hundred and twenty draftable grades, mm-hmm. and then literally. It might be as small as like two dozen names where they're like, these are the guys we're going to draft. Yeah. One. They, yeah. yeah. And like sometimes you have to pivot from that. Like they were not going to draft Micah last year. I don't yeah. care what they say. Uh, they But they had to pivot. But going into going into a draft night, the so, list of guys that they're actually considering is so much smaller than I think most fans realize. It, yeah. I was told that, you know, they do like these mock drafts with all these scenarios that yeah. the scouts, they do like 20 of them. Yep. Like, and. Three years ago, they did 20, mm-hmm. and Tony Pollard was picked in the third or fourth round every single time. Like, and every time Tony Pollard yeah. was there. So they were like, we're taking Tony Pollard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to take him. And the same happened with Because us. they know they Switzer. want him. You know, anybody that's done a – every anybody yeah. that's ever done a fantasy draft, you kind of know. You get your guys that you just kind of want, and, and so you end up with them. And you could probably run the scenario – Hundreds of times, and you're going to get those guys you really want in most instances because you probably draft them ahead of maybe a little bit ahead of where you should because you know you want them. I just go off the Yahoo rankings, (laughs) take whatever they give you. But that's if they're next, that's who I take. That's a great, like, that's a fantastic way to think of it though. Because, like, I draft night rolls around, we've all got our trackers pulled up, and it's like, okay. These are the 10 best guys left, according to Yahoo, or this is the top of Dane Brugler's top 300. Yeah. These are the guys that are left. Meanwhile, the Cowboys are obsessed with Nashawn Wright, who's mm-hmm. down here, and they're like, yeah, like we were gonna, we were taking him somewhere on Friday, no matter what. And yep. like, there's nothing, nobody's opinion matters, nobody's research matters. We like this guy. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yep. We like this guy. All right. Uh, tell me about Kelvin Joseph. What do we know at this point? What are they talking about with Kelvin Joseph? What's that look? Hey, well, <laughs> Jerry said, I only if I find out my information from what you guys write. I don't, I don't, that's another one. That goes, in the, that, that goes in the group of five. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that. But, um, but I mean, I think what he's saying is there's, just, there's no new information yeah. on it right now. Yeah. And, and also, you know, the league, will, the league and the authorities will, you know, they're still investigating this. And thing. it's not like, let's, let's also be honest, it's not like I would assume. I'm going to make an assumption. I don't think the police department is calling Jerry and saying, hey, we got some information on your guy. Here's kind of what we're thinking. Like, is he, he's not the person that they're going to call right. to give this information yeah. anyway. So he's having to learn a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I, they probably have people who can make connections and try to find out things. But at the end of the day, you know, they, they're only the police are only going to talk about what they want to talk about to who they want to talk about. it. Yeah. Typically, it's it's just it's so weird because. The situation is pretty normal by NFL standards of just like you're kind of in limbo and you don't know what's yeah. going to happen. It's just it is such a more serious offense. You know, usually it's like, oh, like, you nope. know, Zeke, <laughs> Zeke was seen in a cell phone video doing something inappropriate on yeah. St. Patrick's Day. Like that is it's bad. It's a bad look, but it's a lot <laughs> less serious than somebody dying. dying. Yeah. Which, so it's just it's, so. it's weird. It's it's very weird. I don't know what's going to happen. But the fact that. Really, nothing has happened, and it's been two weeks. Is strange, bizarre. I I I watch a lot of cases of like (laughs) criminal stuff, murder stuff, all kinds of things, and sometimes it takes a lot longer, you know. And then when you least expect it, here's the police knocking at your door, and an arrest is being made. So Mm. I'm just saying that's not that That is like my. I don't know what's gonna happen, but sometimes it takes. Are you worried about that happening? No, but I'm just saying like that. That would be my worst nightmare that the cops just show up at my house. Like, yeah, we got a warrant for your arrest. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Everything about that just interesting. I can't wait for the break because I'm. I'm (laughs) Yeah, like what? what? Yeah, I gotta be honest. I don't. Oh, oh, that's true. You are a. I get a lot of tickets. You make. Me look like a grandma, a lot of and I drive yeah, I like a, a jerk. I drive bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they, the arrests were already made. Like they, you know, Kelvin talked to the police, and some arrests were made. You yeah, that's surprised. the part. But that's also the part yeah. that makes me think of all things being of all these things that are going on. I would think he probably has a little bit of solace in the fact that he talked to the police. And then they made arrests, and he wasn't one of those arrests. Right. That's got to make him at least feel like, okay, maybe I'm good here. Who knows? But that 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 two weeks later, and he hasn't been arrested, and other people have been, I, I would say that that's probably a, as good a sign as he could possibly have right now. 
I, I agree with you, but I I don't know. I I feel out of my depth. Like I, I didn't go know, to law school. I don't know any of this even stuff. Talking about all this because it is like you guys keep saying it is. There's something way tragic, you know, yeah. that happened, and there's a family grieving and and all that. And somebody's and, gonna have to be accountable, right? For it. Yeah. And you know, we said the one thing when it comes to football is that we've said this a lot of times is the the kid Joseph needs to mature. He needs to grow up. He needs to realize that this is a this is a a business. This is his life. He needs to be focused on that. And that's we said that six months ago, and. It, doesn't seem like it's happened because of, of that that night. It doesn't seem like he's doing that. But, I mean, if he's going to get a chance to keep playing football, if that's still going to be in the cards, then, I mean, I can't imagine a bigger wake-up call for him to, than to say, hey, I've got, I mean, I've got to be as focused as I can be. And I hate even saying that that's a silver lining. I hate saying that because it's not going to... No, but it, I think it's I mean? fair to say it, it can be a wake-up call because I think all of us in our lives probably have moments, pivotal moments where things happen and you're, you're, you look at them and you're like, wow, I really got to make some changes in my life, right. right? And so if it's that for him, I know it's tragic and, and, yeah. and I'm not taking away from the tragic nature of it, but if that's what it takes, you know, the, if, if this is what gets him to kind of look at life differently, then... That's good for him. It's not a good situation, but it's a good thing and positive thing no. for him if it makes him go in a different direction. And his connection to the situation as the Cowboys, that would scare me. That's what that's what, what worries me. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't – where you were in the car and all that stuff, being there, being associated, that to me, that's a that's a problem. That's something that has to be yeah. fixed. And I think that regardless of any decisions being made yet – whether that's by the league, the police, or the Cowboys. Sure, be out here in the offseason voluntary programs all you want and all that, but as of right now, and looking into what's ahead, I wouldn't be making my plans with him, like counting on him, basically. I wouldn't be counting on a guy like him right now. So my plans would be as if he wasn't part of the team until further notice and whatever else happens as a conclusion. You know, and I don't know if this will happen, but like, let's say that a team was wanting some cornerback, um, a veteran cornerback, and they're in the fourth round, and they say, "We'll we'll give you a fourth round pick for Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis." Wouldn't do that today. No, wouldn't do it today. No, that's where I think the big difference is. Is that I don't know if you necessarily have to go draft a corner now, but you're not going to mess with your depth because. Also, you just don't know what the league's going to do here. Like, he doesn't have to get arrested for the league to come in and sure. say, sure. you're out for six games. Like, there, that's a real possibility just because you look at what the league's done historically. They don't need proof necessarily. They certainly don't need anything legal-wise. legal, legal wise. So, yeah, that, that's still a problem. It'll be interesting, too, to see if that does happen, what kind of suspension is it? Is it a suspension of games mm. or is it a suspension of being away from football? Because one thing we've seen is that – some some this is one of those situations I think where structure is what's needed. Yeah, you suspend him for six games. Go, you're not allowed to be in the building. Was that yeah. good or bad? Yeah, yeah. You know, because that's kind of where we are here in this. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I just can't imagine him not being uh, suspended. Um, I think if I'm being honest, I think he should be. I, I think he. I mean, at least suspended. Yeah. I mean, this is a very serious thing for yeah. him. And so, yeah. one, the one thing I would point out though is we we saw a similar situation for those that remember it with Ray Lewis, where he was there when someone ended up dead, and and he was he was charged at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember seeing an interview where he was talking about how he had to take a real inventory of his life after that situation, and like, who is he around? Yeah. What is he allowing himself to to be associated with? And so I, I do think there is a there is a model here for Kelvin Joseph of okay if he really didn't have anything to do with this and just was in that situation because people around him were doing things then maybe there's an opportunity here for him to say I can do the same thing from the standpoint of taking inventory of my life and making some positive right. changes and I remember at the time there were a lot of people that were saying man the Ravens need to cut this guy like yeah. they need to get rid of this guy they didn't and he ended up having a obviously a really great career. Um, but I, I think that's the part where I put it back on Kelvin Joseph. Can he be self-aware enough to understand that this situation didn't? Ha- he didn't have to be there. 
um, and really think about in the future, like, where am I and who am I with uh, in order to make really good decisions so you ultimately don't end up in these yeah. kind of situations. Also, you can't force anyone to like something or to do something. And I, I'm referencing, like, yes, this is a game that it's a business, a lot of money involved, but at mm -hmm. the same time, it is a very much a game of passion. Mm -hmm. And you have to want to do it and be out there and, and do the kind of work that it takes. So with him, and we talked about it in previous shows, I think it was the last show, about the questions surrounding him prior to being drafted and everything that happened in his college career is one of those things that it takes you back to that, like, easy, easy really wanting to even play football at all. And that's not something I can answer for him. He has to answer for himself, but you as a organization and looking at the business side of it you do have to now take a deeper look into that whole aspect the mental and the the not passion but like the the teammate mm -hmm. thing that surrounds him and see if it's regardless of him being innocent or not is this really going to be a good fit for our future here yeah. you know what so, somebody told me this um about a week ago about him and they said i, I can't I, I feel bad even saying this but but when it comes to football, Kelvin Joseph actually impressed the team last year with his ability to play special teams, his willingness to do it. I uh, was told he was even graded as the best special teams player on the team last year. Better than Goodwin. I was about to say better than Goodwin? Better than Goodwin. Wow. He in, flashed. That's impressive. In, in, in just – because Goodwin, in yeah. my opinion, maybe the best special team player I've ever watched on he's a week-to-week awesome. -week basis. He's, he's awesome. But he's as far as the assignment goes and just, you know, you know how the – you know, they grade, you know, like in basketball, you always get this plus minus and stuff. They have all kinds of grades for stuff, but apparently he was graded as high as any other player. Wow. And so, which is not something you expect a second round corner. Yeah. He probably didn't do it a lot at LSU or Kentucky to go out there and do that. So, uh, there are some things that we don't necessarily see that they're this given, you know, the Cowboys some, some promise there as a player. Yeah. But he's got to, you know, he's, he's, like she said, He's got to want to get there. He's got to get there. And if yeah. if this is that fork in the road that helps, then that's you know that's great for him as a football player. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to nail these guys down on some stuff they expect to see this over these next three days at the draft, who they expect the Cowboys to take, who maybe some of their pet cats are, what their draft strategies would look like if they were the ones making the call. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United, United Ag and Turf. Turf, the official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. At AT&T... Everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone. Even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. To the break. All right. Tomorrow night, head to the Star in Frisco for the 2022 Cowboys Draft, presented by Miller Lite. Thursday, April 26th through Saturday, April 30th. 
It's a three-day event. Did you say 26th? April 28th. 28th. Sorry yeah, about that. 28th. Sorry. Tomorrow, yes. Maybe I need to get Essler lenses Maybe. to help me out a little bit there. Enjoy the live draft party and entertainment. Free youth camp on Friday night and the draft day 5K presented by Baylor Scott and White Health on Saturday morning. For more details, visit DallasCowboys.com slash draft. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the Break Life Nest WBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's get you guys nailed down. I want some predictions on what's going to happen for this draft. Let's start first. Big picture. I want to go around the table. If each of you kind of define what your strategy would be for the Cowboys, if you were making a decision going into the draft, you don't have to necessarily say a player, but just kind of overall, how are you looking at the draft? What are the things you really got to address? And uh, and what do you think is most important for the Cowboys to come away with once you get to Saturday night and you're done with this whole thing? Let's start first with you, Amber. You're done with this thing. <laughs> you're done with this thing. Listen, I don't overanalyze this thing because I think it's very complicated. The draft, you mm-hmm. have so many moving pieces that you don't know what's really going to happen. But I'm looking, and, and this is no no news to anybody, but O-line, specifically a guard. I'm looking at wide receiver, of course. We've talked about that. Looking at linebacker, someone to help in there because we don't have enough bodies there either. And other than that, after those three positions, I'm like, have at it. You can bring me a pass rusher that can help create some more pressure there you can bring me a tight end if you want you can bring me another corner maybe so i um bring whatever you want but as long as you address those three main needs i'll be happy all right dave um okay and it's so funny because the the way we talk about this goes contrary to the way that everybody says you're supposed to draft, which is like best player, best player. Just don't don't window dress your board, don't do anything stupid just because you need something. But they got to come out of this draft with a few things in certain areas. So I'll, I'm going to kind of cheat and say a week from today, this team needs to have two offensive linemen that are capable of starting that are not here right now. That are not here right now. If that means you call Eric Flowers and Sam Tevy on Monday and say, we need you here, so be it. Preferably, you would do it in the draft. But I think they need they need a guard and a tackle who are capable of starting in the NFL a mm-hmm. week from today. They need a receiver. Um, those are the three things. They need, tho- they need those three things. Um, and then, yeah, I would like to see him beef up the pass rush. I would like to see him add depth at... Linebacker. I think it would be smart to draft a kicker. Jesus, please. Uh, and maybe address. Wow. Yeah, no. Yeah, that'd be a great pick. Hey, Jesus, get down here. <laughs> please <laughs> kick some field goals. Sure, He's <laughs> more important <laughs> things to do uh, than. But. Have the to make extra points. Everybody <laughs> um, can make them. Uh, future of the running back anything. position. I would. I would like Jesus. to throw a pick at that. Oh my God! Stop! Go, 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 Dave. Finish. Uh, yeah, throw throw a pick at the running back position, but really, two starter caliber offensive linemen and a receiver. Uh, I don't care how you get them, but those that's what you need. And then to Amber's point, just go for it. Throw the other throw the other picks at guys you like and see what happens. All right, Nick. This is one or need. You're the, you're you didn't the guy. ask me. Oh, I didn't. I, you're the guy. Oh, What's your okay. strategy? What, uh, what are you going into the weekend thinking? I got to do. What uh, do I? What do I need to do? This I got to trade down um, and, and hope that there's some linemen there. I want to trade down. I want to pick up a second round pick. I want to use that next year's one and go get, uh, get a receiver from 49ers. Uh, that's what I want. <laughs> ah, let's so go. Wanna, then I want to come <laughs> out. Then I, then I got a. Um, I still got a first round pick who's a lineman. Maybe one from A and M who's. Who's falling a little bit because for whatever the reason, uh, I'll take him. And then uh, I got my guy from the 49ers, which then I got to pay more than I'm than I was going to pay Amari and more than you're going to pay uh, a CD. But you call San Francisco, not Seattle. It, what did I say, Seattle? No, I'm saying you could call both. Yeah, I could call both. I'm just asking. Uh, I mean, Fr- Tennessee's guy. Also, yeah, sure. You call Nashville there's, there's too. Lots of teams you can call. I don't know if they're going to pick up the phone, but yeah. you can call whoever you want to call. I don't think the Cowboys are no. going to pick up the phone. No, I think I think okay. You know what? I think I'd call Seattle. I just think you could maybe do and, that for cheaper than and, San you know, Francisco. Another thing, maybe if we want to just you know bring it up 
uh, for one more time, I mean, I'd probably go get Earl Thomas. You want to just, just so we can talk about it for one more old time's time. sake. For just old so time's we can sake. mention it again. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding on that. And I'm, sorry, and, and I'm sort of kidding on all of that. I got to get a lineman. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like you got to get two linemen that can play. I, I need a lineman that can By play. Monday. I thought yeah. that was the key. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. A lineman that, that I can, I'll draft a lineman that can uh, plug in and play. And I'm telling you, sneaky need for me is still linebacker. Linebacker to me, I, I'm because 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 your offensive lineman makes who better, Dak. Mm-hmm. Your linebacker, I think, makes Micah better. I agree with and that. So, uh, Especially if he's really good. I'm talking not that. That's the difference between getting one in the first, maybe second round, right. versus getting one in the fifth round. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, right. He's got to be a guy that can come in and play. I mean, I'm, I'm not and be the man at linebacker. I guess that's what I'm saying is he can be the man if Mike, if you want to put Mike on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Dean, yeah, Nicobe Dean, Dean, Devin Lloyd. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. My whole life. Can I ask? I mean, I'll oh, go ahead. I want anything that starts out my whole life. I, I, just, wanna, <laughs> I know, right? I was just about to admit how painfully white I am. I, which is, I grew up in New Orleans, but my whole life I thought that. Was just a football celebration, L- throwing up the yeah. hooks. Oh yeah, I like thought, LSU, LSU D lineman used to do it, and I was like, "Yeah, that's badass!" <laughs> like, let's, yeah, he got a sack. I had no idea. My what favorite basketball player of all time, Corliss, Corliss Williamson. Yeah. I named my female dog after Corliss Williamson, and I thought that's that was just his thing. I didn't yeah. know what it meant. Yeah. Also, found out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and don't do it around Derek because he will hit you. It's true, He'll punch you. He's done that. It's true. We yeah. don't need to. Don't need to no, talk about that. No, we don't. Um, anyways, can I ask uh, what what were the thoughts yesterday when we just completely threw a taco under the bus? <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> and then Taco. <laughs> no, he had a good comeback. Yeah, he had a good comeback. To be honest with you, like. I thought that was funny. It, it was very funny. Just but so people know, that Jerry mentioned during the press conference, he said they were asking about who makes the final call. He said, well, you know, I usually make the final call, but with Taco, that was Steven. Just kind of basically just threw Steven. it out there. Like, and I made Micah, Steven. and he made yeah, Taco. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, but also, like, I thought it was, I was like, really, man? Like, that's your fault? You're going to throw him under the butt? Like, oh, yeah. y'all left that up. Yeah. That's your bad. Because half, everybody and their mother was like, what, what, what? So, like, it's not like... This isn't one of those things where it's like, what are you going to do? Sometimes it doesn't work out. A million people thought it was a bad idea, and you did it anyway. And then you throw his, like, you say his name, like, Taco sucked. It's like, well, that's your bad. That's not his bad. And so I kind of, I enjoyed his clapback. I figured. Yeah, I thought the clapback was I realized cool. that. Parents do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it with my own child yet, but I see it happen all the time where parents just put the blame on their own kid. I'm like, oh, that was him. In what way? Like, say just anything. For example, <laughs> for example, I mean, it could be anything. I'm not yeah. gonna get into specific, but just an example. I remember Thanksgiving. We would always go to my stepdad's house and yeah. his family. They're all Americans, you know, and and he would be eating all the food, certain type of food. And at that time, I didn't speak English that well, but I understood it. And he would put the blame on me when his sister would be asking, who ate all the blah, blah, blah? He'll be like, oh, Amber, Amber, Amber likes it. And I'm over here without being able to defend myself, you know, because I didn't speak English. But anyway, the point is, I see it a lot now that I'm a parent, that you blame your child. And oh, you're okay it works. It. Especially yeah. if something smells bad. Yeah. DJ, stop it. That was Say excuse me. <laughs> it was it was a tongue in cheek comment. Like I, it was just Jerry was having fun, but I was like, man, that's more on y'all than it is on yeah. Taco. And Taco's comeback on Twitter yeah. was just like oh, the yeah. crying meme, right. of wiping his yeah, eyes, wiping your eyes with money. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that's pretty that's good. Funny. Pretty good. Don't, need Randy, Randy, don't was, need Randy. Don't need Randy. Randy was there. brought into the yeah. conversation yeah. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's that. They already left, dude. Just go, man. Just stay gone. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. That's gonna linger. Clearly, I mean, oh, it already is. But oh, yeah. yeah, at yeah. least for the next year, two years, at least, right. yeah, it's going to be a still be a topic. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So let's talk about the first round. We're coming close to the end of the show. Tell me what you, what you expect to happen in the first round. What you want to happen in the first round. This is what I meant when I said I hate this week because, like, the narrative is formed, and then we get to this week, and and it all gets thrown into chaos. And mm-hmm. uh, just as an example of what I mean, like if you've been following along with us on the draft show, or if you've been following the draft, like. We, you know, we put the jigsaw puzzle together pretty well every year. We've got an idea. Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson. Um, they really like some of the receivers, Traylon Burks, Drake London. But then 
uh, Peter King, guys like Peter King and Albert Breer jump just cannonball into the pool on Monday of draft week, and they're like Tyler Linderbaum, Nicobe Dean, mm-hmm. which are not name. I mean, we know these names, but we haven't really been tying them to the Cowboys. Like those, they didn't visit. They're not. They're not these guys that are highlighted. And people like Peter King and Albert Breer don't throw that stuff out there willy-nilly. Like, they, these are the type of guys that can call up the right person and have a real conversation. And so I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, where's this coming from? So now you're second-guessing everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, to answer it more succinctly, I think they they have a preference for an offensive lineman or a receiver. I think they're going to get wiped out of their receiver options. Like I don't, yeah, really. I really, I'm starting to feel that way. Like I don't know if how many, tr- how many, tr- how many do you think legitimate receiver options there are in the first round? Six to eight, and you think all of them will be gone before the Cowboys pick? All the ones that they might want to draft. Five. Okay, yeah, oh. I think there's five. Five. That will- no, no, five no. that the Cowboys would have interest yes, in in yeah. the first round. They love Drake London. Yeah, they like Traylon Burks. Uh, they love Chris Olave. And I think all three of those guys could like be gone. Dudes. Yeah. Yeah, all three of them. Yeah. yeah. Jameson um, Williams will already be gone. Right? I, when you ask what I want to happen, give me Jameson Williams and call it a day. Yeah. Put Tyreek Hill on this team and we'll call it a day. I'm fine with that. And then it would I be like, are you, pretty, are you pretty certain he's going to be gone? Yes. I mean, Not, pretty certain. You? Do I know for sure? I was pretty certain CeeDee Lamb would be gone too. Who yeah. the hell knows? But yeah. I don't think he'll be Does there. it bother you at all of a guy like Jameson Williams? I mean, I mean, there's only one Brit. You know, well, there's two, I guess, but but Britt Brown, who's like, you know, gonna do gonna do. Which you talking about? That's what well, I'm like. saying. Doing the courts. I mean, you got Michael Gallup and you yeah. got Jameson Williams. I mean, a, you got two guys. A, it's a five year contract, yeah. and B, Williams has he's on the record saying he thinks he'll be ready for training camp. So, but that might also be the reason why he's available to you is because there are questions about his health. I don't think right. I would run to the podium to draft that man. I don't care. Sam Bradford tore his uh, shoulder off in the OU Texas game, and. Um, was the number one pick in the draft. Right. I mean, like, if, if you're good, you're yeah, good. Yeah, if you're good, yeah. you're good. I think yeah. they'll deal with so, it. So yeah. that's true. Um, I think, like, we've beaten this into the ground, but I think the realistic scenarios are Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green. And if for some reason they don't like one of the Nick kind of alluded to it, maybe Kenyon Green might have a medical issue that scares some people. So that's something to keep an eye on. And if they don't like their options at offensive line, then then maybe like the quote like the bailout pick would be a linebacker, Dean or Lloyd. They, they, Lloyd was a visitor, so that would make sense. Dean, a lot of people love him, but he seems small to me for to be a Cowboy pick. No, I, he's oh. he's a great player. I mean, like he was saying, you, you qualify that at the end to be a Cowboy pick. Yeah, they no. do tend to like big, long. I mean, they drafted Leighton Van Der Esch. He's yeah. like six six. Yeah. Micah's six three. Yeah. So to draft a five eleven linebacker in the first round seems out of character. But if Can you're play. if you were the captain of like the best defense in modern college football history, I'm fine with you being on my team. Yeah, and you were a player. On yeah, that like defense. a be yes. a whole beast. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I think. That was right. long winded. Sorry. Amber, what are you thinking? I forgot the question. <laughs> what, what do you want to happen? And what do you think I would, will happen? I, would, uh, I can never guess anything when it comes to the draft. But my guy right now is Sion. Like, that's the guy I would want them to draft. I specifically want a guard. I was checking out, I think it was yesterday, on the website, like the latest mock draft that you guys did on DallasCowboys.com. You know, you see the different options that people are on the media uh, picks for the Cowboys and one of the most popular names still out there is Tyler Linderbaum and that that one and we've talked about this on a show I asked you Dave like what do you think about him and all that which is great like the talent that he has but I'm still like I wouldn't be excited about a center <laughs> like I get it talent you can also help the guy next to you as you know you can help the guard and all that but I want and I need a guard that is very much capable on ha- handling his own you know and not so I don't know I just want a guard that's all I, I want okay. all right Nick yeah I, I I definitely I want them to get an offensive lineman that can play right now um I think if I had to guess I think they're going to take a receiver that's what I would think they would do, but um, I hope that they take an offensive lineman, 
and one that's got some position flex to him. A guy that, that can play guard and maybe eventually center, a guy that can play guard and maybe eventually tackle. You know, you know, play a few years and then move out there if you, if you need it. There's some guys like that. I think I think Zion Johnson's very versatile. Kenyon Green, um, Tyler Smith, Tulsa. I think there's a, there's a chance there. But I think somebody that's got some versatility on the offensive line. Zion does have center flexibility, which is interesting. Yeah. So. And, and what's really interesting about him is we we have a story up today on, on him. He, he started 49 games, I think, in college. 26 at at guard 23 at tackle and he's got center you know possibility too so you know he he played three years was three years at davidson wrecked you know Mm -hmm. was you know obviously a lower level then went to boston college and was still pretty good too so position flex for him strength i mean zion johnson would be good but you know don't be surprised if some you know just just uh, somebody that's got position flex i think is the key at o-line All right, appreciate you guys joining us. We will be back next week on Wednesday. We'll let you guys know what we think about the draft and what the Cowboys got and where there may still be some holes. We'll talk about that next Wednesday. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, and Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!